It's always the way. You do something, you sound check it, and then it goes crazy. Um, but prayer is a heck of a lot more reliable than a radio mic. Some of the most amazing experiences of my life have been with prayer. Uh, some of you have seen on Facebook that Kate and I, we just went on holiday uh, over the last five days. We were in Krakow in Poland. It's our wedding anniversary, 28 years. Don't make a big deal about it. But uh, thank you. You're too kind. But we, we've made a habit of going on these trips. When we had our 10th wedding anniversary trip, we were in Sharm el-Sheikh in Egypt. We'd been there for a week. We we're about to come back. Now, this is in 2005, so it's pre-iPhone. It's pre-free internet phone calls. Our children are just young. You've got to be judicious about how you use the phone because it costs money. And uh, you've got these kind of rubbish flip phones. And you just don't phone as much. And you're, you're certainly not posting or texting. And so you've got to be careful how much you call. And we've given a couple of calls back to our children, our two girls. They're around about uh, five. Yeah, I've got to work it out. How old would they be in 2005? Five and seven. She, she really loves the children. She had them and everything. <laughs> and, um, you know, they are staying with grandma and granddad. And we've given them a call. It's Saturday night. We're due to fly the next morning. And uh, I say to Kate, should we give the girls the call? She says, no, there's no point. We're, we're, we're back tomorrow. And I say, yeah, 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 of course, you're right. And then a couple of hours later, I just have this very strong urge. I can't explain it. I can't put my finger on it. I just feel like, do you know what? I I'm, I'm going to overrule you. I'm going to call the girls. I feel like I should call them, and I feel like I should call them now. I get my phone. I call uh, my parents in London, and I hear my dad answer the phone. And I say, hey, dad. And my dad says, Philip, is that you? I say, yeah. He says, I don't believe it. I say, what? What don't you believe? He says, I'm just here sitting with the girls, putting them to bed. And uh, Zoe, our eldest, who was seven years old, she particularly had got a little bit anxious about us coming back. And, and she'd been, you know, they love us. They don't like being away from us. It's understandable. And so as they went to bed, she said to my father, she said, Granddad, please, can we pray to Jesus that mum and dad ring us? And please, can we pray that they ring us now? And so she put her hands together. Granddad said, yeah, kind of. I mean, he's a church minister, but he's realistic. And Zoe prays and she says, dear God, please let mummy and daddy call us now. And my dad said, as soon as she said the word, amen, the phone rang. My dad picks up. My dad, who's planted hundreds of churches all around the world, he hears my voice and he says, I can't believe it. Prayer actually works. Prayer is powerful. And some of the most powerful, encouraging, incredible, supernatural experiences of my life have been through prayer. But the thing is, sometimes we leave our prayer at the level of a seven-year-old, five-year-old Kid, dear God, please give me amen. Dear God, please do amen. Dear God, please help amen. And there's nothing wrong with those prayers. Those are powerful prayers. God loves to answer those prayers. God loves to answer the prayers of children. But when we talk about prayer, if that's all that we go into, it's not so much praying, it's more like asking. Dear God, please, thank you, amen. If that is all that our prayer is at, we are missing out. 
on an entire world of experience and intimacy and wonder and adventure that God wants us to go on. So I want to ask you the question. In fact, I want you to ask you the question. Do you want to develop? Do you want to grow in your prayer life? I have a very, very important question. And I want you to ask it of yourself. Just be honest now. Don't shout out. Just be honest. Ask yourself. Search yourself. Here's the question. And it's particularly a question for those of us that are followers of Jesus. If you're new to this, or if you're kind of coming back to faith, or you're, you're just tentatively looking in, you're dipping your toes into the water, then don't worry about this. This is fine. You can just have a pass. But for those of us that call ourselves followers of Jesus, here's the question. Think back to this time last year, the very beginning of 2022, and think to where you are now. And the question is this, is my prayer life deeper than it was 12 months ago? Have I had a progression in my experience and my adventure of prayer? Or am I at the same level or even worse behind? That's a really, really important question. Because some of us, you can be Christians for ages and ages and ages, but you never really go beyond the dear God, please, amen kind of praying. In fact, for you, prayer can be a frustrating thing or a shallow thing or something that you even feel guilty about. You, you kind of know you should be doing it more, but maybe it doesn't always click. And maybe you prayed the prayer and it didn't get answered. It didn't work. Demotivates you, puts you off. And maybe you feel like, yeah, I, I, I'm aware that for some people, prayer is this amazing thing and they talk about it and they've got stories to tell. But for you, it feels like it's not really there. And so maybe you think, well, maybe some people are just great at prayer. Maybe some people that they're God's favorites. He, he loves to answer their prayers or, or they're just built that way. You know, they should have been a nun. But for me, it's not like that. Actually, for every single one of us, we can grow, we can develop in prayer. Why? How do I know this? Because Jesus said to his disciples, let me teach you how to pray. It's something that you can learn. It's something you can develop. It's something that you can get better at. Here's the most important question of the whole evening, again, for followers of Jesus. Think about where you are right now, and then think about 12 months forward. Do you want to go deeper in your experience of prayer in 12 months' time? Do you want, in a year's time, to be able to look back and say, man, I've really grown. Man, I've had some experiences with God in prayer. I've been on an adventure. I've been on a journey. I've had my ups. I've had my downs. But I've definitely got more confidence in prayer. If you can answer that question, yes, then this is a good series for you. We're going to spend five weeks going through the basics of prayer. We've never done anything quite like this in Metro. And when I found that out, I was shocked. And I'm responsible for putting the preaching together. I thought that's a serious, serious uh, misjudgment. But we're going to put it right over these next few weeks. And we're going to look at the Lord's Prayer. Now, what you heard at the very beginning of th that trailer, that was actually the Lord's Prayer, but it was the Lord's Prayer in Aramaic, which is why it sounded kind of funny. But that Lord's Prayer is the, the little template that Jesus has given us to understand how to pray. So let's uh, look at the Lord's Prayer. It appears a couple of times in the Bible, once in Luke, once in Matthew. We're going to go to the Matthew one because it's a little bit more expanded. It's, it's more like the one that we traditionally recite. So, uh, in fact, let's read this together. This, then, is how you should pray all together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. 
your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Okay, so that's the Lord's Prayer. Now, again, if you're new to faith or if you're finding your way in, you're not so sure, you might have a kind of a number of different ways of thinking about the Lord's Prayer. You might think that it's some kind of incantation or special words or some kind of magic prayer that you can pray. Millions of people take the Lord's Prayer as some kind of thing that you just recite, you know, like saying grace at the mealtime or, or doing some kind of thing that you've, you've got to say as a, a religious observance. Actually, it's not like that. When I was doing some research on the Lord's Prayer, and I, I wanted to find out, I, I typed into YouTube, Lord's Prayer in Aramaic. Why? Because that's the language that Jesus used. That's his kind of his native tongue. He was multilingual, but that was the language he was most comfortable with. And uh, I looked up all this stuff, and I found out that actually you can have these weird and wacky things on the Lord's Prayer on YouTube. I even found the satanic Lord's Prayer. And what it is, is it's the Lord's Prayer backwards. And what it's supposed to do is it's supposed to summon Satan. It's like a... I thought about doing it for the trailer. Nah, it's creepy, scary and wrong. But it's also, it's just bobbins. It's nonsense. Because the Lord's Prayer isn't some kind of incantation that I can summon something up, like rubbing the uh, lamp on a genie. Uh, it's not about just say these special magic. What it is, it's a model prayer. It's a template. In fact, if you listen next time, next week, come again, uh, listen to the trailer, listen to the guy in Aramaic. Uh, it's an Iraqi priest. You'll actually hear, you'll notice that in Aramaic, it rhymes. Jesus made us a little rhyme, a little verse, something so easy that a kid could know it. But it's so profound, you could spend your whole life delving into it developing it and still never come to the end. And what you have is you have actually five kind of major headlines. And what these headlines are supposed to do is they're supposed to kind of guide you through practices of prayer. Because prayer isn't just, dear God, please, amen. Prayer is actually a kind of a whole journey, a, a, a whole universe of experience. So five broad subjects. And you camp out and you practice each one of those. We're going to look at each one of those in turn. But let me give you the overview. So go back to the beginning. You've got our Father in heaven. That's actually God's goodness. So that first section is God's goodness. It's what we call uh, adoration or worship. It's getting the whole thing starting right. And then it goes on into a focus on God's kingdom. Sometimes we talk about this and we'll call it um, intercession, just a fancy word that means that we are putting ourselves in the way so that God's will and kingdom can come where we are. And then it moves on, uh, give us this day, which is really about my need. So God's goodness, God's kingdom, my need. We call this petition uh, or supplication, just asking for the needs that we have, being dependent on God. And then forgive us our debts. This is confession, my sin. It's like God doesn't put this first, but it is a time to just do a bit of soul deep cleaning uh, on a daily basis. And then it ends up with lead us not to temptation, which is uh, God's help. We're talking about surrender, about yielding. 
And what it means is that there are just practices and ways in which I can engage in prayer that help me go deeper and actually break into something really, really powerful. So tonight, really briefly, we're going to look at that first one. So that is, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. This is all about God's goodness. Let me tell you this. This is really, really important. So if you phased out, come back to me. The way you start prayer is possibly the most important thing. It's at least 50% of all the importance of how to have a really good time of prayer is how you start. And starting well is going to set you up for something that goes more than skin deep, more than just a shallow experience. And so Jesus says, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Sometimes people just breeze past that. You think it's like addressing an envelope or, you know, dear sir, starting off a letter. It's like, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Right, the formalities are out of the way. No, but Jesus says, no, when you come to pray, this is what I want you to focus in on. This is what I want you to start with. This is where you need to get going. You focus in on God. And I want you to notice there's something really, really powerful because what you've got is you've got these kind of, again, it's like a rhyme. You've got two parts in two parts. So it's our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. First of all, we're talking about who God is and then we're talking about where God is. And you get this kind of mix, this fusion between what's natural and normal and everyday and physical and what is transcendent, ethereal, heavenly and spiritual. And the two kind of come together and it brings me into a better place. And so you talk about our father. That means that God is accessible. He's close. He's someone that you can relate to, like a dad, a dad that you can pray and say, oh, I pray that my dad gives me a phone call right now. But at the same time, he is in heaven. When we talk about heaven, so many people, again, if you're not kind of not used to faith, you're thinking about faith, you'll think about heaven and you'll think about it as heaven is up there in the clouds, in the sky. It's away from us. It's outside of our normal experience. And we are down here on earth. This is where I really miss the fact that I don't have my normal microphone because this this thing is now going to inhibit me because I want to show you a little bit of uh, a visual clue. Uh, so probably what I need you to do is I need you to, to, to do this with me just so that we can make this work. But I want you to take this hand, put it out in front of you. This hand is going to be earth. And then this hand is going to be heaven. Now we tend to think of earth and heaven as separate. So it's like earth is here, heaven is here. Earth is here, heaven is here. Earth is us. It's our normal, everyday Love Island life. Heaven is over there. It's on the clouds. It's, it's weird, ethereal harps and cherubim. But it, it's kind of out of our experience. But the Bible never says that that is where heaven is. The Bible actually says that heaven and earth, you waiting for it? You ready? You with me on this? I know this is ridiculous. We're in a school. I'm treating you like kids. Uh, heaven and earth, actually, they intersect. Ah. Heaven and earth are like this. 
Heaven, you can put your hands down. Heaven is like an extra dimension. So if I have a 2D experience, then I've got length and I've got breadth. But if I make it a 3D experience, if I have an extra added dimension, that 3D is length and it's breadth, but it's also now height and depth. And height and depth run through all of 2D. You can't have 3D that doesn't include infinite planes of 2D, if that makes sense. It's not like 3D is over here, it's weird. 2D, normal, every day. No, the two are together. But if you live a 2D flat life, you only have limited ability to perceive a third dimension. You're basically on one plane. But the Bible talks about places where heaven and earth, that the kind of the, the, the intersection between them becomes really, really powerful. So the temple was one classic thing where God's presence is there physically manifest so that you can see it, you can touch it, you can be affected by it, you can be impacted by it. But when Jesus comes, he puts heaven inside of us. He makes us alive with Christ. He rises from the dead and now there's a new heavenly spiritual life. And so when Jesus says, he says, I want you to pray to your father, but I want you to be aware that he is in heaven. And this is not that you're going to send up a prayer on a little postcard and hope that it makes its way all the way to heaven. That this is a fact that God wants to meet you in a heavenly place. God wants you to encounter him. So before you get into, dear God, please, you actually find a way to press into a heavenly realm, a new dimension. You actually get through. I had a I had a really profound experience just about six months ago. It was about June, and uh, I was sleeping. I have some incredible profound experiences when I'm asleep. I sometimes think that God uses, he speaks to me most when I'm asleep. It's like, Philip, you think too much. Uh, I need to put you under, and then I can get through to you. So this particular night, I'm asleep, and I have a dream. And in my dream, I'm playing keyboards in a church. I play keyboards. I like to brag about it. And uh, there's a guy leading the meeting. I can't see him, but I hear his voice. And he says, we're going to sing a song now, a song that none of you will know, but I'm going to launch out with it and hopefully the band will pick it up. And so I'm like, I'm on maximum alert. I'm like, oh, what is this song? I, I need to learn this song. And, I, and I, you know, I can sight read and I can pick things up by ear. And I figure I've got a fairly good chance. And then the person starts singing the song. And the song is Faithful One. So unchanging, ageless one, you're my rock of peace. I'm thinking, I know this song. I love this song. I can play this song. So I start playing the keyboards and I'm playing real good. I'm playing, I'm crashing, killing, murdering it. I'm doing really, really well. And the whole place just erupts into worship and praise. And I'm getting just really elevated by the whole thing. And I'm singing my heart out and tears start streaming down my face. And I wake up and I wake up and I've got tears in my eyes and I feel just full of the Holy Spirit. And I feel like I've met with God. And I think, oh my goodness, I've been worshiping in my sleep. And I had this incredible experience and it went into my prayer life. But what happened is I feel like I've had an experience of my father, relatable, close, personal, but the heavenly realms, spiritual, something that is beyond my everyday, normal, run-of-the-mill 
life. I feel like I've, I've entered into a heavenly place, a holy place, and that's where you want to have prayer. But that wasn't even the most amazing thing. Later on that day, I went into a meeting. It was our senior leadership meeting with uh, the church leaders in our kind of group of churches. And uh, we went through all our business, and it was kind of a big deal because uh, the chair was, it was like his last meeting, the guy that founded all the churches 40-odd years ago. And uh, at the very end, he says, right, I'd like us to pray. We always kind of pray at the end. But he said, I want us to do something different. I want us to stand up. We all stood up. And then he said, he looked around, looked each one of us in the eye, and he said, I want us to sing a really special song. I want us to sing Faithful One, So Unchanging, Ageless One, You're My Rock of Peace. And as he did that, he starts singing it. We all sing. And I, we finished, and I said, guys, I've, I've been here. I, I've seen this. I dreamt this moment just last night. It's incredible. And what it did was it just allowed us to pray in a way that was more than we normally would. We'd entered into a heavenly place. We began to pray for the church. I was praying for Metro, praying that the fact that we'd been through such a difficult time, that 2022 was a dog of a year. We had pandemic. We had a fire. We lost our venue. We lost loads of people that are really precious to us. Um, not dying, but, you know, moving on. Uh, it was really tough, really hard. And you think, can we carry on? Can we do this? Where is God? And suddenly I've engaged with my Father in heaven. And I've seen something about him. He is faithful. He is ageless. He, is cha he doesn't change. He's a rock of peace. I call out to you, even in the storm. And it was just a way in which my prayer suddenly went onto a whole brand new level. And we don't always have those kind of mountaintop experiences, but they are more readily available than we think. And Jesus says, I want you to pray, but I don't want you to just go into a kind of through the numbers, by the book kind of experience. I want you to take time. I want you to give space. I want you to find me in heaven. And so we start off by looking and consciously asking God to allow us into his presence. And then that second bit, it says, hallowed be your name. Who knows what the word hallowed means? Put your hands up. Okay, basic question. Hallowed, is it an adjective or is it a verb? Who says adjective? As in it's just describing the name. The name's hallowed. Who says verb? Oh, who said both? It, it's a verb. And not only is it a verb, but it is in a very strong, direct, imperative tense. It literally means be hallowed. In fact, there's this whole string of these imperatives, these command words. Be hallowed your name. Be done your will. Come, your kingdom. It's a kind of forceful, active pushing in. And hallowed, it's like where we get the word Halloween from. It just means holy. Your name is holy. But when it's in the verb form, it means I'm ascribing to you your worth. So again, I've got the earthly and I've got the heaven. They intersect. But when I start hallowing the name, okay, bring your hands back together. When they start to intersect, as I begin to hallow the name of God, 
this starts to happen. We get interlocked. We somehow get closer into that union. Suddenly, instead of heaven being some kind of far off or theoretical place, now I'm beginning to dwell in it, live in it. Why? Because I am consciously, intentionally ascribing goodness, wisdom, power, holiness to the name of God. And that is God's character. His name is his character. So what Jesus is saying is he's saying, look, you need to start prayer and you need to develop a kind of practice. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. You're thinking, ah, sounds like a lot of kind of just putting stuff off or it sounds like it's going to be a little bit too mystical or meditative. Actually, there's a reason that this comes at the very beginning of the prayer. Because Jesus says, you've got to get into the right place. You've got to be able to engage with God. You've got to be able to have something that rises up and God will meet you. So I want to give you just very practical ways in which we can put this into practice. Actually, what we've done is we've, we've put a lot of effort and work and resources into making this something that could be really practical. In hubs, which are our midweek groups, we're going to go through some stuff. We've also got the kind of the Bible reading plans that we put out earlier to start the year that you can engage with. But here's a really quick way that you can do it. Let me break it down. First of all, you need to have a time and place. So you find a time and you find a place. For some of us, that's a morning thing. It's an indoor thing. Others of you, you're antsy. You need to work. You need to walk. You need to move. You need to express. Uh, but you find some kind of time and you find some kind of place. It means that you have to be a little bit disciplined about this. Again, you say, oh, come on, this is too much like homework. It's too much like effort. Can't I just have something where it's easy and it flows and I do it? All that stuff is great. But anything that's worth having in life, you have to put a little bit of effort. There's no way I can grow in prayer unless I make an effort, unless I make and I'm willing to make sacrifice. Kate and I, we've just been away on this holiday. It was to celebrate our 28th wedding anniversary. Um, but I, I worked it out when we came back that we have had this constant, continual dedication and we've made sacrifices to be with one another. And we have had now well over 1,500 date nights. I know, I, it, you're thinking, like, that sounds like, like a prison sentence. But what it is, is we've dedicated and we've devoted and we've been disciplined because it doesn't happen otherwise. You know, when the kids were little, man, it's a nightmare. Sometimes we couldn't do very much. We just kind of walk around the block, exhausted and bereft. Come back. I love you. Go to bed. Um, we, we have limitations, but we've, we've worked at it. We've made it. It's the same with prayer. And so what I would like to encourage you to do for these next few days is to figure out what am I going to do? How, how am I going to put a, a routine in? Even if it's just five minutes. Some of you, it'd be like a lot longer, but others of you, you're just going to start off something really simple. So you have a time and a place, and then you have a plan. And that just means that I'm thinking intentionally about how I'm going to pray. That's what this series is about. So having a plan that maybe says this, how about... I find a time and a place, and I try and do it every day or as much to that as I can kind of get. I find something that works for me. No pressure, 
no hassle. Jesus prayed in the evening, Jesus prayed in the morning, take your pick, prayed through the whole day. But you find your time, you find your place, and then you, you, you do a plan. So the plan here would be take one minute or two minutes and just lean into our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Spending that time in adoration and worship. Now, just to make it really, really practical for you, what we've done is we've created a little bit of an app. So if you go to uh, metromentoring.org, how many of you are signed up for Metro Mentoring right now? Okay, good number of you, a lot of you. If you're not sure, Metro Mentoring is just the, the kind of the little tool that we use to help one another get close to Jesus and be practical about our faith and really grow uh, with the help of one another. But with this prayer course, you can even, this is a bit of a hack. It's an intentional hack. You can do it without having a mentor. So you can go and be totally unmentored and just go to metromentoring.org and find the, um, the prayer course. So if you go to metromentoring.org, you can go to the kind of the beginning page. You'll see a, a register thing. You register and then it just takes a, a minute or two to put your details in, get a picture. And then it'll take you to your dashboard. Now, within the dashboard, this is uh, Lord Prayer <laughs> made up. Um, you've got these things that you can use without having a mentor. Other things you need a mentor for. Don't hate me. But you see the prayer course down there at the bottom. You click on that, and it will take you through uh, five different weeks. Go to week one, for example, and it looks something like this. Week one, God's goodness. Uh, you can... See all these different days that you can tick off and you can make yourself notes, make it a little prayer journal. You can do it as little or as much as you like. You can use it as you want. But if you click on the show teaching, then we've got, um, there's a video of me that comes up with just a little bit of explanation. But then here we have teaching on how to do a centering prayer. I don't have time to teach you the centering prayer right now, but trust me, it will change your life. You do it for one minute, you do it for two minutes, but you're focusing in on hallowing the name, ascribing glory, honor, worth, majesty, power, adoration to the name of God, getting the, the character, the personality, the trustworthiness of God so that it seeps into your bones, it, it fuses into your DNA, it becomes part of who you are. You get that sorted, and, and we've got different ways of doing it. It's all explained. And so then you can basically tick a day and you can make yourself some notes. So that comes to the next one where you can just write down things that God has spoken to you or things that you're struggling with or people that you're praying for or just some of those names. And all that that does is it just gives us a fighting chance of growing and developing in faith. It means that we want as individuals to be in a better place in a month's time, six months' time, one year's time in prayer. And for some of you, this is going to revolutionize things. It doesn't mean that you're not going to still struggle and have ups and downs, and then you're going to let it all fall down. You're going to have to pick it back up again. And that's why actually having someone that you can go through this stuff with, having a mentor, is not unhelpful. It, it's actually the way that we're designed to follow Jesus. But however you engage with it, it's an opportunity for us to pray in the way Jesus taught us to pray. Jesus says, this is how you should pray. And 50% made up statistic. 50% of the success of your prayer life is going to come from how 
you start to pray. Now, we're going to pray in just a moment. In fact, what I want to do is I want to have every time that we're meeting here, I want us to be able to push in and press into prayer and the prophetic, the voice of God, the numinous, supernatural, divine coming down of heaven into our earthly sphere, that kind of overlap, that interlocking of heaven and earth. We want to have that every single week. So we're going to invite people to come for prayer for whatever it may be. I believe we're going to see people healed physically of sickness and persistent chronic situations that you've struggled with. I believe we're going to see God releasing resources and finance and jobs and opportunities and um, uh, things that we have been asking him for desperately. I believe that God's going to actually change us from the inside out and bring us wholeness as we seek him. Next week, starting on the 15th, we're actually, we've got a whole week of prayer that we're doing as a whole family of churches. And uh, we'll tell you a bit more about that. I'll send you stuff in the emails. Um, we're going to have a prayer evening on the 17th. We've got Alpha starting on the 19th. But if you want to book yourself into the prayer room, we've got a 24-7 prayer room. So just go to woodlandsmetro.church slash 24-7. You can book yourself in the slot. But I want us to pray. I realize that this is a little bit of an intro talk, but it's a really important one. And this is why I want us to come back to this as much as we can. So we're going to be digging into this. I'd really encourage you to look up the Metro Mentoring stuff. Look at the Centering Prayer. This is just a way of finding a rhythm of worship of God that helps bring a kind of meditation and contemplation that brings me into the presence of Jesus. So here's our big idea, then we're going to pray. Big idea is this. I'm going to have to read it. How we start a time of prayer is key. Pressing into the nature and character of God, creating space to interact with heaven helps bring us into God's intimate presence. Take my word for it. Let's pray.